0: This is Cammie. And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast.
1: Episode number 75. So Madeline, confession here. I'm a bit of a measurement geek. Well, me too. I always like to know how I measure up. Well, you get what you measure. That is so true.
0: So today we're going to be talking about how to measure your social media efforts, especially as it concerns communities and all the things that you do online. How do you measure all that stuff? That is so important, isn't it, Madeline?
1: Oh, for sure. Extremely important. So I'm glad that we're going to be talking about this today in our episode.
0: Yeah, I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. So I've done a lot of speaking on this topic around the country. And one of the things I say right away is that you can't measure something unless you have a goal. And the only way to get a goal is to have a call to action in all of your social media efforts. Calls to action are so important. And I know people have heard that, but I want to kind of go into the weeds of what a call to action is, and also what kinds of calls to action people can do. So do you want to really quickly just say, you know, what a call to action is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So a call to action is to get someone to do something, right? So, you know, I love to put out a lead magnet. And I want to get people to do something, right? So we collect their email address and then uh, we can get them started into our funnel. And so just getting them to act, I'll also, and I know we'll talk about this later, but I like to use a video in my tweets and I'll have a video with some metadata and a call to action on there and actually encouraging people to click on the link I provide and so they can go get more information. So it's getting people to do something.
0: Yeah. And not only can you sell them things down the line, but also you can create those relationships with people that help them to know, like, and trust you, right? And you can't really do that like just with one social media post that's flying by. You have to have like a relationship with people, whether it's getting them on your email list or now this is a big one, of course, is getting them into a messenger conversation or something like that. Um, So I really feel that you do have to have these strong calls to action. And so one of the biggest ones, as you said, is lead leads and free gifts, lead magnets, if you will, but free pieces of content that are really, really good. And I think one of the things that we're kind of drowning in free stuff these days, I think. So I think these lead magnets have to be super, super valuable in order to really um, get you where you want to go. What do you think about
1: that? Oh, totally. You know, Kimmy, people are tired of the free ebook. I mean, let's face it everybody has overplayed this. The free ebook is not to say it's over and done, but you know now it's time to start thinking outside the box. What what else can you do so that it's not just, hey, here's my 30 page ebook? Because nobody wants to read a, a long ebook anymore. They want it short and concise. So you really want to think about what is the information you're providing? What can you offer them that they'll do something with, right? Because we don't want to just you know, get them to sign up for something and not take action with it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And that's why on this podcast, we've been doing a few free gifts as we've gone along. We just did one about your one word for the year. What did you choose, by the way?
1: I have to say I'm a little behind and, uh, you know, I had death in the family. And so it put me behind. I was in December, I was like, ready to take a few days off and like really map out the whole year and work on my one day. I've been doing the whole one day thing my first year was 2015, the year I did my big pivot to go from the music business to getting more widely known as a social media marketer. And my word was conquer. And it was so liberating and empowering. And I'm so glad that we did an episode devoted to the one word. And it's been my thing every year. And I think people know me as doing the one word every year. And so I'm a little behind. I think last when you and I had talked about all of that, I was debating between two different words. So I'm still like letting it percolate and I'm still working on it, but I'm going to have it. By the time this episode airs, I'll have my word.
0: Yeah. And I think that's great. I mean, it's good that you admit that too, because honestly, I think people think that they have to have it all together to make things happen. So my one word for this year is focus. And I I actually used, yeah, I used our um, worksheet, the worksheet that I put together. Actually, I put that together last year for the Growth Hacks for Women group that I put together. Because it really works you through it. So if you go back to that episode and grab that, if you haven't done your one word yet, like Madeline hasn't quite finished hers, and I challenge you, Madeline, to use the worksheet and um, you know, fill it out. Cause I think you're gonna love the worksheet as far as how it works. It really does like focus your thinking on what it is exactly that you wanna do. So setting goals is really also a really important part of calls to action. And that, you know, worksheet, by the way, helps you do that as well. It asks you what your goals are in different areas. So leads and free gifts. One we like to do a lot is putting up questions, getting people to respond to a question that you ask, either in an email or on a social media post, really asking for that engagement. It also is great for research to know exactly what people want. I actually have one up right now on my social media asking people what their challenges are for this year. Like if they could wave a magic wand and fix anything that they wanted, what would it be? And I actually got that question from Amy Porterfield. Um, it's a great question and you can plug basically anything into it. If you can wave a magic wand and do whatever you want to create the best community ever, what would you do? What challenge would you overcome? And, um, and how amazing
1: so, it is to put that out to your community and get response and, and really have a pulse on what your community is interested in.
0: Yeah. So that's really helpful too, because that helps with your research and your yep. engagement and also what kind of content you're going to create next. And what your audience is really looking for, or what they see their problem as being. Also, sometimes what people see their problem as being isn't exactly what it actually is. But if you can hear from them what their objections are, it helps you a lot when you're reaching out to them. Also, watching a video. Can you get people to watch a video? Live streaming video is so huge right now. And what's great about live streaming video, especially on Facebook, is if people watch your live streaming video and you do Facebook ads, you can actually retarget to people who watched your video. I think that's amazing.
1: I love it. I think that is awesome. I love technology because how awesome to be able to do these things that really make a difference. You know, I was just watching a recorded webinar that that had gone out a few days ago. I'm playing catch up, so I'm watching it. And they're talking about how, you know, the whole funnel works when you do a webinar, like say you're selling an online course. And it's so typical that people buy at the beginning and they buy at the end, but they don't buy in the middle. And by retargeting videos that people watch, I think you can actually have better results and not have that, you know, because it basically becomes like a feast or famine. It's just the up and down, up and down, you know, it starts off selling well, then it dips way mm-hmm. down and then it goes high at the end. But it seems like you can get more even when you're taking time to retarget to those that go to your site, that go, that watch your videos. A video is powerful. So there's so much you can do with that.
0: Also, that's a lot of warm traffic, you know. And one of the a new podcast that I picked up recently is called the Hirsch Marketing Report. She really does a lot of Facebook advertising, and she had a really great episode about this, about how watching a video and retargeting the people that watched your video, and then building lookalike audiences based on that retargeting, really, really, really powerful. I'll actually put a link to that episode of hers in this podcast, and because I really do think that that is a very powerful tool that people aren't using, really. And she also uh, targets people who watch a certain amount, like 50% or 75% or more. You can do it on the back end. You can say, I only want to retarget to these people. Really, really powerful. Also, getting people to visit a page on your website. I mean, we can still talk about the pixels, right? You can add pixels to your website and retarget those people as well. Really important. And also when they visit your website to get them to take action there.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, you can control where you send them to when you're doing the retargeting. You know, it's so interesting. Social Media Marketing World is coming up in March and they are pushing the retargeting very hard right now. So I can't tell you how many times I'm surfing around on the internet and I see an ad for Social Media Marketing World. So they're doing a big push. It's everywhere. I'm seeing it on desktop. I'm seeing it on mobile. So, you know, they're playing it right. And, and, you know, if you've got something and you want to send people there, it is a great way to do it.
0: Yeah. And in our last episode with Lindsay from Hello Bar, she talks a lot about too how you can optimize your website when they get there to capture the people that are coming. So not only can you retarget them, but you can get them to take action on your page. I mean, you don't have to lose 75% of your people that come by just to bounces or whatever, you know, they come and get what they want, and they leave, they don't see anything there for them. So can you create an experience on your webpage that brings them in? And I know that we have a lot of friends that are in that business. And, and Todd is a really good example of that. So, you know, we've got some people that are really using this really powerfully. So yeah, definitely listen to the Hello Bar episode for sure. And I'll also put a, an episode in there from Todd about how to build your funnel. I think that's... Yeah, we have Taji and Tasio are so. awesome
1: website designer, and he does so much to help entrepreneurs with their Online presence. It's not just building a website, it's much more yeah. than that. So we highly recommend Taji and Tasio. Mm-hmm.
0: Growth Suite. Yeah, absolutely. Then donating or volunteering for a cause. So I know we have a lot of our nonprofit people that are on this, uh, listening to this episode. I hope so. And um, certainly getting people to donate to your nonprofit or volunteer for your cause is awesome. But also, if you're a brand, it's great to get people to take action to help a nonprofit. I think about the local grocery store that when I check out at the counter, they ask me to buy a bag of groceries at Kroger, in this case, and they'll send it to the local food bank. Those kinds of things can be done with online marketing, too. You know, like add a couple of cents to, you know, top off your dollar amount and we'll give that to this nonprofit. I mean, there's some really great affinities that you can build with nonprofits and causes that I think is are great online.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, it seems like every day now when I go into Facebook and I look at my notifications, it'll say like so-and-so is using a charity for their birthday, you know, and that's becoming such a big thing now where, you know, so much can be done in that area of donating and volunteering. So I think it's super smart.
0: And then of course, watching a webinar, which is a huge thing right now that people are making a lot of webinars that are out there, but putting together a webinar and getting people to come watch your webinar, but making sure that that webinar is full of amazing content, not just a sales pitch. So I would say, you know, webinars are going to probably be a little bit saturated in the next year or so. So I'm wondering, you know, like, what we're going to need to do to make those really stand out. What do you think?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, find ways to stand out. You know, there's nothing worse than these webinars where it's just a huge sales pitch. You know, it's really about giving value, helping people, and then, you know, by the way, I happen to have a program that can help you if you find this valuable. There's a lot more information where that came from, you know, but not making it the super sales pitch. I think people are getting tired of webinars because they're tired of being sold to. They're tired of people trying to sell them on everything. They just want to go get information. I sign up for webinars all the time. I'm interested in the content. I'm interested in the information. I'm interested in the person behind it. And if they have something to sell, I might be interested. But start off with sharing the information that your sales page or your lead magnet alludes to.
0: Yeah. And actually, I actually have this really great course I just took called Stage to Scale, which is really how you take what you learn and really share your information. And one of the things that Pete Vargas, who runs that program, said that I loved is he said, teach, don't tease. I love that. I love that. I really do. Because teach, you know, you don't want to just tease your product. Teach it. it. Like give people enough that they can go out and do it themselves if they want to. But, you know, they're going to want to turn to you because you have some expertise. And the ones that don't can go out and at least get some value out of it and do something with it. And then the final call to action we kind of put down here, and of course, there's so many more calls to action than this, of course. But obviously, getting somebody to buy something from you is a call to action. And there's some great examples of this on Instagram right now. I get a lot of really well-targeted ads, I think, in my Instagram feed. Unfortunately, I've been buying some of them. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. (laughs) So I'm just saying, you know, if you really know who your customer is, you can give them an offer almost directly sometimes if you are very well-targeted. So, you know, you don't want to send somebody a diaper ad who has like teenagers. Right. Or, you know, you don't want to send somebody to buy, you know, pet food when they are allergic to pets or something like that. So exactly. I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot of really great ways to send a, a direct buy message, but it has to be very well targeted and interesting and maybe even a little bit entertaining too.
1: Sure. Yeah. And th- there's yeah. a lot of creativity going on out there. And I just recommend taking a look and seeing what are people doing in your industry? What are your competitors doing to get some ideas? And, you know, I think what's always important too is to zig when everybody else is zagging. You know, try to be that standout because Mm -hmm. you'll get seen and heard. You'll get people buying from you when you are standing out. So,
0: we actually put together a couple of secret tips or tools or whatever that we're using right now that we want to share with you about calls to action on a couple of different platforms, specifically Twitter and Facebook. So I'm going to start with Madeline and let her tell you about this really cool tip that she has about how to add amazing calls to action to your
1: tweets. I know in that you know, I know when you when you when you say tweet and call to action in the same sentence it almost doesn't seem right, right? Like like uh-huh. call to action in a tweet? Who does that? I didn't know you could do that. People are always telling me, I did not know that I could do this. And I was a guest today on social media examiners talk show they do every Friday morning. And I mentioned this and they got so excited. It wasn't even part of our agenda. But they're like, Madeline, tell us more about that media studio you're always talking about because it sounds so cool. So Twitter has this thing called Twitter Media Studio. And if you have it, The way to know if you have this, because you need to actually be able to access this to do a call to action and to also put metadata into your images and into your videos. And then I'll explain in a moment how I'm using it. So on your browser, log into Twitter, Twitter twitter.com. And in the pull down menu at the top right, where it has a little picture of your, whatever your profile picture is, go in the pull down menu. And if you have it, it'll be listed below analytics. So where you see analytics, look underneath. And if it says Media Studio, then click on it. You've got it. You're set. If you don't have it, then you need to have an ads account. You need to have a Twitter ads account. So you sign up for that ads.twitter.com. And here's the thing. People are always like, yeah, but I don't want to do ads. And Twitter wants me to put a credit card on file. Well, they require a credit card on file to open an ads account. It does not mean you have to use it. Does not mean you have to place any ads. It's just the place where they have Media Studio. And once upon a time, analytics for Twitter were stored in the ads platform. If you wanted to view your analytics, you had to go into an ads platform. Luckily today, you can just access it in the pull down menu. But that was just several years ago. They updated it. So for now, you can access it in the ads platform. So here's what's so great about this you can have metadata. That means in addition to your tweet that says whatever you want in 280 characters or less, you have your tweet, and then you'll have an image or a photo. And below that, you can have a bolded headline and you can have a description. So that's Which is metadata. the metadata, because you were talking metadata. about metadata.
0: And I think some people don't know what that is. So, yeah, so that's, that's the, the metadata. metadata yeah. And
1: that's great because it's a way to have extra information. Is stored into that piece of media, whether it's an image, a photo, or a video. Now, what's really cool is the call to action. So, in addition to that, there's these different fields where you fill in the information. So, in addition to that, then you'll see the call to action. And what you can do is put a URL. So, you put a link to anywhere you want to send someone. So, an example of what I do is I use this for my videos. I use this when I'm, let's say, I have an online training course and I was doing this last year with my video, like a rockstar program. I would make these videos of me promoting the program. I had testimonial videos. I would upload this into media studio. I'd put the metadata in, then I would do the call to action. And so I wanted to send them to the sales page, the landing page where they could learn more about the program and sign up. So I put the URL in. So when you're watching the video, At the top, it'll say visit and whatever.com or whatever you put in and you click on it and it takes you to the website. So it's a great way to have a call to action added to a tweet. Some people said, oh yeah, that sounds like Twitter cards that I did a long time ago. And that's what it is. It's actually Twitter cards. They revamped the whole Twitter cards platform and it's actually now just embedded as part of the ads platform. And this is just one feature in the ads platform. But you know, if you don't have it, then go sign up for an ads account. And if you're still having trouble getting this in place, then just send me a message, DM me uh, on Twitter or send me an email. I actually am in touch with someone in the Twitter media studio department at Twitter. And I'm trying to find ways to make this more accessible to people. And in the show notes, you'll see an example that I tweeted. I have a link to two different tweets where you can see it in action and also have a screenshot of a video I made recently where I did, hi, I'm Madeline Sklar and I'm a podcaster and a blogger and blah, blah, blah. And I actually did this and and I was doing a, a webinar with people and I said, do this guys and pin it to the top of your Twitter profile. So now you got this video talking about who you are, what you do, and it has metadata on it, and it has a call to action link on it so you can send people to your website. So That's it's a great, great example. So I encourage everybody to check this out and let me know what you think. But I use this when I have online courses. I use this for my webinars. So check it out. is a great feature.
0: That is awesome. And also they have a similar feature on Facebook, very similar. And I know that people do know about the calls to action, but you think that you have to go through and advertise to get them. Well, you don't. Now, again, like Twitter, you do have to have a business account, which is part of the advertising platform. You will have to put down a credit card and all that kind of stuff, but you're not going to have to pay for it at all. So there is a way for you to do this. That's very simple as well. I have an example also in in our um, show notes of how to do it. Plus, I have a link to a really cool article by eConsultancy.com who went through it step by step for you. So I'm going to tell you how to do it, but don't think you have to write it down madly because I do have a link to how to do this. So you just have to get a business manager and uh, or at least the ads manager. So business.facebook.com forward slash ads manager. And if you haven't set up an advertising account, you'll need to do that. Then you're going to follow the step by step instructions listed on um, and I've got a link for it. Facebook.com forward slash business. And you hit the business manager drop down and click on page posts. There's like a little thing under business manager that says page posts. When you click on that you can create a post inside of that manager and send it directly from there and then you add your post details and all that stuff again the ma- the metadata like you said you know all the things that you want on there the 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 message everything and you create that post and then you'll see that post appear at the at the top of the ads post list and you'll schedule and publish and that's it you do it so i have a step by step guide for you that you can look at but if you do that say you put that same message both on Twitter and Facebook using the link, the call to action link, you can have an automated system to get people to come and check out your latest project. I think it's a really great idea.
1: I love it. I think it's great. So I'm so glad that you put that together. We'll have it in the show notes. So I encourage everybody go check out the show notes, try these out because these are simple ways to get a lot of mileage out of your call to actions. And then
0: also for Instagram, we didn't really put one together like this. Instagram's different. Okay. So you're going to probably have to do an ad to do a call to action like that there. But we did interview Tyler J. McCall a couple of episodes ago in episode 68. And he led you step by step through his process for building his email list using Instagram and direct messaging on Instagram. Very, very cool. Another really, really amazing thing, especially um whenever you're doing a launch of a program or a community or something. So definitely check out episode 68 if if Instagram is your jam.
1: Yeah. So. And I want to mention Tyler J. McCall, he is all about the whole direct message. And, you know, he's very popular and well known on Instagram as an Instagram marketer. And he has a lot of followers, yet that does not deter him from telling people in his stories, DM me, I want to talk to you. Send me a message, I want to talk to you. So, you know, don't be afraid to do that. Like you'll have amazing conversations with people, which can help you in your business. So now let's talk about how to measure success. So Kimmy, you have like this thing. I think a little birdie told me you have a thing called Kimmy's Five A's. Yeah, I know that what sounds really that? weird. Like a, what is like that? It's, a,
0: it's like when you get an A in school. A is for it's apple. Apples, aardvarks. I'm sorry. I'm trying to go artichokes. This.
1: Artichokes. Uh, anyway, aha, uh-huh, aha uh-huh. uh-huh
0: moments. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Aha uh-huh moments. Well, you know, many years ago, I was trying to come up with a framework for measuring social media that made me kind of understand how to do it and sort of what was measurable and trying to make people understand how you measure. And so I came up with this 5A framework. It's been published in books. It's like kind of I've used it around. It's kind of a big deal. Well, I don't know about that, but it does help you think about it. I think that's what's great about it. So the five A's are activity, attention, awareness, attitudes, and actions. And really, activity is really about what you do. Like, what kind of posts are you putting out? That's how you figure out, Like, do all of these things work? So are your calls to action working through your activity? So I put out these number of posts and so on. So you do want to measure that in the sense of you want to keep track of it. So you can know what's moving the needle. And then attention this measures is all about reach or opportunities to see. So you'll see that a lot in the, uh, the tools that are out there. They'll say, oh, 28 million people, there was a reach of 28 million people. And you're like, what does that mean? And really what that means is the traffic, the views, the followers, the fans, that's really around the reach. That's all around act, attention. And then awareness is when people start to engage with you, you. know, So that's, are they aware of who you are? Are they talking to you? Are they connecting with you? So there's a bunch of really great measurements around that. Sentiment. I'm sorry. Sorry. That's not true. Share of discussion, shares, retweets, mentions, messages shared, all that stuff where people are starting to talk to you, blog posts, um, uh, comments, that kind of thing. And then attention. I'm sorry, attitudes. So it goes activity, attention. I already said that. Awareness. And then attitudes. And attitudes are really about sentiment. Are people satisfied with you? This is when people are talking about you. So you hear about social listening, right? Where people are listening and hearing if people are starting to talk about them. Not to them, about them. (laughs) That's the difference with attitudes. And it can be positive, it can be negative, it can be neutral. That's usually where you are with that sentiment. This is also a surveying. So you can ask people net promoter scores like that. You ask them, how likely are they to recommend you? Testimonials kind of fall in here a little bit. You know, like what are the testimonials people have about your brand and you can collect those and you can have some surveys around that. I think that sometimes that's really helpful. And then finally actions, which there's usually about four different kinds of actions that people take. Financial actions, which is buying stuff from you. Revenue, you know, you can also have correlations like because we did this, we can correlate that this kind of sale happened. A lot of the brands, the big brands do that all the time. Customer actions, which is the value of your fans and followers, the customer lifetime value, that is so important. I think people often, you know, get one sale and then they're like, we had that sale. Good. We're We're moving on. So what about people that nurture those people that are already their customers so that they buy from them again and again and again, that's called a customer lifetime value. And some people actually measure that they keep track of it. Like, you know, you'll know that I spent a certain amount of money to acquire this customer and that I know that they'll spend this amount of money with me over the lifetime of their relationship with us on average. So whenever you bring somebody in, you can call that a measurement of that. Process measurements, which is like the cost per lead, the value of those leads. So a lot of people will look at how expensive it is to bring people in and what those actions are around that. And then innovation, like the actions that people take that help you have new ideas adopted. Dell did that famously some of their communities where they would ask people what they wanted to have as features on the next you know, iteration of you know, a computer and those would be actually prototyped up and sold. So you can definitely also call people to action in asking them to give you feedback on how to produce your products and then measure how popular those products are after you create them based on people's input. So this is sort of my framework. I'm going to link to it in our post, I have an entire post, and honestly, white papers and all kinds of amazing stuff for you that you can kind of dig into this if you're more interested in it. Um, and maybe at some point we'll pick apart each one of these activity attention, awareness, attitudes, and actions, and do like a maybe a separate podcast on each one through the next couple of months. But let me know if that's interesting to you. I'd love to hear from you guys that are geeky out there that like doing this kind of stuff and figuring it out. But yeah. I hope you'll use it. It's a great framework that's really helped me a lot and helped my clients over the years.
1: Love it so much. Thanks for sharing all that. So we'll have that all linked up in the show notes. So now we come to the end where we give out our call to action. And we've said call to action so many times. I think that could be a new drinking game for this episode. Ooh! So I think- As long as I can drink tea. Can I drink tea? We're moving, of course. We're moving the rain from, who was our our number one for- uh, how many times we said her name in every episode? Oh, that Kirsten, was of course, Kirsten. So Kirsten, I think I think for this episode only. Although we haven't said Kirsten in a while, but for a while there was definitely a drinking game. But with how many times Maybe we say Todd her? My yeah, we or do Kyle. mention Todd a lot and Kyle. We you know been mentioning them both a lot. But I think in this episode is how many times did we say call to action? We said it a lot. But I think it just shows the importance of looking at this when it comes to building your community. So for the call to action for this episode. What was the one aha that you got from this episode about how to measure your social media effort? What did we miss that you think people should know about? So we wanna hear from you. Come join us on our private Facebook group that we have set up for this podcast. And we wanna hear your comments on this. So comment, you will have a post for this episode, comment and tell us your thoughts. And Cammy, if they are not, currently in our Facebook group, how can they become a part of it?
0: It is so, so easy. It's dead simple. You can go over to Facebook and search for communities that convert and pick the one that says group and then go in and type the secret word because we have one called action. Shocking <laughs> but that's what it is. So if you take action, we want you in our group. And once you get in there, you're going to have a bunch of friendly people that are going to help you and want to talk to you we were um, talking about Kyla Hetrick and he's definitely one of our community managers over there. He's always there and kind of guiding people in as they come in. And of course, Madeline and I are there all the time too. I'm answering questions and, and really engaging with the group. So I hope that you will join us over there. It's a really great group and growing really quite quickly. It
1: really is growing thanks to our members that have been spreading the word, sharing and letting people know And uh, the direct link is facebook.com slash groups slash communities that convert. So you can always go to that link to get there directly and uh, come over, say hi, we'd like to hang out with you over there.
0: Yeah. And we are so happy to have you. So we are coming back this uh, winter, I guess it's still winter, right? We're coming back this winter with a lot of amazing content coming up. We have like some great stuff coming up, don't we?
1: We do. I'm so excited. And everybody, if you enjoy this podcast, share it with a friend or two or five or 10. Let them know about this. We are located everywhere where there's podcasts. So you can listen to us everywhere. Share it with a friend. And uh, we appreciate your time today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk to you next week.
1: See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at CommunitiesThatConvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar, that's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R, and also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Don't
0: forget, we want to give a shout out to our friend Todd Giantasio from The Growth Suite, who sponsors the Communities That Convert website.
1: Yeah, if you want to learn how to position yourself as an authority and get found online, check them out at TheGrowthSuite.com. And that suite spelled S U I T E. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Kami through their website at CommunitiesThatConvert.com.